0: Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.
1: Good morning. I'm going to be reading Acts 4, 32 through 35. Uh, it's in your pew Bible on 122. I'm actually going to read the contemporary English version. The group of followers all felt the same way about everything. None of them claimed that their possessions were their own. They shared everything they had with each other. In a powerful way, the apostles told everyone that the Lord Jesus was now alive. God greatly blessed his followers. And no one went in need of anything. Everyone who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles. They would give the money, to anyone who needed it, sharing possessions.
0: Well, I had a big day this last week. It was my birthday. So <laughs> I turned 51. 51. So as I notice as I get deeper and deeper into my 50s um, that, 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 that all sorts of glasses are now a part of my life. I got reading glasses, I got distance glasses, I got sunglasses, I got prescription sunglasses and transition glasses, and I, I lose them with embarrassing and expensive regularity. And most of the time I just don't wear them. But I need them. And so you're gonna start seeing them. Sometimes, you, sometimes I wear the reading glasses, but honestly, probably about every third time I wear one of these pairs of glasses, I lose them, and sometimes permanently, and it is expensive. So, um, but, it's, but it's interesting that it's really just coming into my life, more or less now, because both of my parents have always worn glasses. And I love the the pictures of them um, as kids with glasses, because it it seems to me that the kids who wear glasses are more common these days, but these pictures of them from the 40s with the old style glasses always delight me, because they say to me that my parents were not like all the other kids. They were special. (laughs) They were (laughs) nearsighted. They wore glasses. <laughs> so my mom, my mom got her glasses when she was seven. And um, she, when she tells me the story of how this happened, she says she didn't she didn't know that her eyes were getting bad. You know, like it does, especially as a kid, you don't really know that the way that you're seeing the world is not the way that other people are seeing the world. But when she got her glasses, she said it was, it was like she couldn't believe how beautiful the world looked. And she said she could see every leaf and every detail of every leaf. And um, she could see far. And she said it was like ma- a magical rain had come down and made everything in my world crystal clear. Well, in the last four weeks, we've been looking more carefully at our worlds and our lives. We've been looking back and looking in and looking out and considering all the things and people and dimensions of our lives that are truly wonderful. We've been singing the wonderful life song, and I don't know about you, but there have been many times in the last four weeks that I've caught myself singing this simple song. It's a very catchy tune, and then I hear the words of this catchy tune, hear myself singing them, and it reminds me again of the grace and the wonder that are so abundantly a part of my life. We've been opening our worship services with the photos that you've sent in that express and show the, the di- different dimensions of your wonderful lives. And I've noticed that I, as I've been preparing for these services, and particularly as I've been uh, thinking about um, things that I can take a picture of and looking for these places in my lives, it in my life, it, is, it has made me more grateful Because when I look for the examples of my wonderful life, I realize they're everywhere. Have you experienced this as you've been been thinking about, what can I take a picture of and send into the office this week for the opening slideshow? The more we look, the more we see. It's, I feel like it's as if I've put on a pair of gratitude glasses. And the whole world has come into sharp and beautiful and distinctly wonderful relief. And those gratitude glasses set off a whole chain reaction of gratitude. Looking for things I'm grateful for engenders gratitude in me and then being grateful causes me to further recognize the wonder and the abundance around me which causes me to want to share all I have which is then in turn met with gratitude. In our scripture today from Acts, we have a description of the practices of the early Christian community. The scripture tells us that be- the believers were of one heart and mind and that no one claimed that any possession was their own. They shared everything that they had with one another. And we who we are surrounded by really very different messages about um, our economy, and we're surrounded by the messages of a, a market economy, may hear these verses first, and maybe even primarily as um, uh, as a call to a kind of countercultural expression in the face of capitalism. Who among us has not felt the pressure of getting and spending? of worrying if savings will hold. And so the idea of uh, this society, um, as the scripture tells us, where there were no needy persons among them, sounds like a solution to the problems and the stresses of modern capitalism. And to be sure, sharing economies and communalism are that. But we can't overlook that the scriptures also says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds and laid it at the apostles' feet. This tells us that there is an important distinction in the motivation between just reacting and seeking an alternative to the insidiousness of capitalism on the one hand and responding with joy and faithfulness at the blessing of what God was doing in their lives on the other hand. When we are reacting and seeking to avoid something, there can be an energetic quality to that action that dilutes the positive intention in it. But when we are responding with joy and gratitude to the experience and realization that God is able to take every sorrow and suffering of ours and still redeem it, still redeem us, well, that has a very different energy to it. This is the difference between transactional and transformational. The early Christians in our scripture today from Acts were responding to God's goodness and the way that grace kept unfolding for them as they looked more and more at their lives and the blessing of Christian community with gratitude glasses. Their experience of the resurrection had transformed their lives and they were filled with gratitude and the gratitude they had caused them to testify. And as they shared good news, they couldn't help but also share everything else that they had. It only made sense. And the sharing continued to an extent such that, as the scripture tells us, none were in need. Many believe that to be free from want and need is the key to happiness. But actually, it's the other way around. As the Benedictine monk, David Stendel Rast, says, happiness doesn't lead to gratitude. Gratitude leads to happiness. Earlier this year, one of the saints of Epworth, Roger Breyer, passed away. Roger was a longtime member of this congregation. Um, He used a wheelchair to get around and he lived in a very modest room at the Berkeley Pines Care Center. And with the challenges of his life, you might expect that Roger would have had a lot to complain about. But those who knew him know that the opposite was true. Roger was full of gratitude. He shared with many that his practice was to spend the first 15 minutes of every day in gratitude. If any thought came into his mind that was negative or did not reflect the abundance that he experienced in his life, he replaced it with gratitude. Roger was beloved by this congregation and by many friends. He was a living testimony of faith manifesting in gratitude. There's a professor at UC Davis named Robert Emmons who is considered the father of gratitude research. And he says this, grateful living is possible only when we realize that other people and agents do things for us we cannot do for ourselves. Gratitude emerges from two stages of information processing, affirmation and recognition. We affirm the good and credit others with bringing it about. In gratitude, we recognize the source of goodness is outside of ourselves. Our scripture today reminds us that as people of faith, we recognize that the ultimate source of goodness is God. It's interesting that the scripture says that when those who had homes or land sold them, they brought the proceeds and laid them at the feet of the apostles. And what does this mean? It doesn't say that they brought the proceeds and they put them in a common purse. And this is an important distinction because what it means is that they put the funds they raised under the authority of God. Under the authority of God. Their actions were a response to God's grace and the gratitude they experienced because of that grace. In the way this action is framed in the scripture, we come to understand that this gratitude giving was a celebration, an acknowledgement of the fact that God will do what God will do. And God will continue to redeem our experiences and reveal to us more and more of what is good and what God can do is beyond our imagining. Today we come together as one people and offer our own gifts and pledges as acts of gratitude for the way that God has moved in our lives and redeemed our setbacks and struggles, our mistakes, both big and small, And our brokenness. And when we have looked back and in and out and around, we've seen that we do indeed have wonderful lives. This community of faith manifests for each of us the body of Christ as we are for the world the body of Christ. On this World Communion Sunday, we're reminded that the connections we have through Christ are in every corner of the globe, what God is doing through the gratitude and faith of 2.2 billion Christians around the world is beyond our imagining. It is so much more than we could ever do ourselves. And so as we look now toward the year to come and the years after that, We know that this revelation of redemption continues. And so as we move into the year 2020, let's do so wearing our gratitude glasses, seeing with God's vision not just our wonderful lives, but the wonderful life possible for each person and the beauty and the health of the earth. Amen.